This country, you gotta make the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. What radio? Kua! The music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place! RadioWhat.com Say hello to my new friend! What radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. Once again, I find myself at the mercy of someone I wouldn't let pick my nose! What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan from RadioWhat.com and DJLittleRock.com, and this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? Just a little conversation to find out more about you. Everyone has a story, and I want to hear your story. I want to learn more about you. If you want to be a part of What Makes You Famous, give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email WhatMakesYouFamous at RadioWhat.com. Today on the program, Trisha Boyd. We're going to find out more about Trisha Boyd in just a few minutes. This week's shows for DJLittleRock.com. Coming up on Thursday, we got the Video Dance Party Karaoke Jam at the Old Post Barbecue in Russellville, Arkansas. Come visit with me, 6 p.m. till 9 p.m. Then on Friday night, it's the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. That starts at 8 p.m., and we don't stop till just about 2 in the am. Saturday, I have a wedding private party. Excited about that. But enough about me. Let's get into it with Trisha Boyd. What makes you famous? Boyd. Hello. Hello, Trisha Boyd. Hello. <laughs> can you hear me okay? I can. Fantastic. Welcome to What Makes You Famous. What makes me famous, huh? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Awesome. <laughs> Just a little conversation about you. Tell me your whole life story now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably get that in pretty quickly. Now I'm teasing. <laughs> um, so I, uh, a lot of people, you know, ask me to do this because it, it's actually pretty, pretty deep. Um, I have, you know, I've lived a, a dark life, but I also had a great life at the same time. You know, um, as a child at the age of five, um, I was actually molested uh, by an older cousin of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that haunted me for, for many, many years that haunted me for actually 24 years. Um, as I got older, my family decided to move us from Arkansas to Missouri. I was about 10, not, well, I was eight when that happened, but, um, my parents split up, they divorced, um, and my dad moved back to Arkansas with my brother. So it's just me and my mom for a very, very long time. Um, she was working three jobs, going to school. And, you know, when I had left Arkansas, my, you know, the, the school that I was in, um, my class was like 20 people, you know, like it was <laughs> not a very big, not a very big school. And so uh, when my dad moved us to Missouri, I was in a class of like 300 kids. So, um, you know, that was very, very different for me. It was uh, something that I had to get used to. And when my dad moved away and, you know, my mom was working in those jobs and going to school, like I had to do everything I could to fit in. You know, I wasn't from here. I didn't have the name. Um and I stay here because I'm living back up here now. Uh, and uh, 
I had to fight for everything. I had to fight for acceptance. I had to fight, you know, I played sports. I tried out for the basketball team. I was on the team. I earned my spot there, but there were still pieces of me that were not whole, if you will. Um, so at the age of 12, I started smoking and drinking. Um, at 14, I, uh, Gosh, take me back. (laughs) Um, At the age of 14, I started stealing. I smoked weed on the way to school for the first time. Um, And then I drank alcohol in the cafeteria. So eighth grade, I'm getting suspended for 10 days. Um, I was very broken, but I didn't want to... I don't want to share that with people. You know, I thought that I was this Billy badass, if you will. (laughs) And uh, I held a lot inside of me because I didn't want people to know how I felt. Um, At the age of 16, well, 15, I started dating a guy that was five years older than me. Um, At the time, I thought he was just two. He looked very young. (laughs) Um, And then later on, as we were dating, I found out that he was actually 20 when I was 15 years old. Um, He is the one that introduced me to a very dark drug. Um, Ecstasy was something that I had tried, but not long after that, he introduced me to meth. And um, for the next year and a half, after I dropped, like I dropped out of school, um, that became my uh, drug choice. Like it was a horrible life for me, but I knew that's not what I wanted. And, um, you know, this guy, um, we kind of talked about it. We wanted to get out of that dark lifestyle. So I called my dad to, uh, you know, move back to Arkansas, thinking that that was going to change things for me. Because, you know, I didn't have my dad in my life like I wanted. But the only way that I would go is if he would allow him to, you know, with me. And so... Um, at the age of 16, I'm living with my boyfriend in my dad's house because he didn't have me in his life. So he was just going to do whatever he could to have me there, you know. And so uh, my senior year came. I got rid of this boyfriend. You know, I went back to high school, by the way. And, um, you know, everything was great. I got homecoming queen. Like, it was just like a, a fairy tale story. But it wasn't. Um after I graduated, I went back to this guy. Um, in the meantime, by the way, I started dating somebody else who I'm now married to. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, I started, you know, I got back with this guy. And for the next two and a half years, I was with him. And then we got married. Um, this was, you know, I'd quit doing drugs. I hadn't touched them for five and a half years. Um, we got married. And uh, how old were you? How old were you when you got married? I was 21. 21. Got gotcha. you. Continue. Yep, uh, yep, 21. Everything changed literally the day that we got married, though. Um, he threw his wedding ring at me that night. <laughs> um, he started drinking heavily, and then abuse started happening. First, it was, you know, verbal abuse and emotional abuse and just really tearing me down. And then it led to um, physical and sexual abuse. It was just a really, really horrible lifestyle. Um, I couldn't take it anymore. Um, the last time he had you know, physically and sexually hurt me, I left. Um, this was in 2008 when the recession happened. So you can only imagine this poor 23-year-old girl, um, you know, she leaves her, her husband a month later, uh, loses her job. Well, you can only imagine what was coming next, right? So I was abusing my unemployment. I stayed drunk for the next two years. <laughs> um, but that wasn't enough. So it, here and there, I was taking pain pills. It was just, you know, I couldn't, I was numb. I, I couldn't figure out like, Ooh, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> um, I honestly couldn't figure out what it was that I couldn't be loved. And that's all I had ever wanted was just to be loved, you know? And this guy that I dated in high school, I got back with him about um, a year after me and my uh, ex-husband split. And um, 
things were going really wonderful, but I had moved back to Arkansas at this point. Um, again, <laughs> that was my thing. I always ran. I never uh, stayed in one place if things weren't going my way. I took off because I didn't want to face my, my demons, you know? Understandable. So it was back and forth between Texas and Arkansas and Missouri. Um, so I moved back to Arkansas. I started dating him. And for the next couple of years, um, things were great, but we were staying drunk together all the time. And we were doing pain pills together all the time. Uh, we had a, uh, in 2011, we had a really bad uh, fight and we were going down the road and I jumped out of his truck and I tried to kill myself. Yikes. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I was so drunk though that I was limp that it, thank God, gosh, I can remember this like it was yesterday. Um, I, he didn't run me over because I was right by the tires. I mean, I literally jumped out like I was sliding into home. It was on a gravel road going about 25 miles an hour. I fractured my tailbone. It was a horrible time. <laughs> and I, so I thought I was going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to quit drinking, but guess what I did? It the pain just got worse. And um, that turned into heavier pain pills that turned into not caring about myself. Um, I was in this job and that job and this job and that job. Like I just couldn't find a stable lifestyle. And where I was living at in Arkansas at this time, a very, very small town. Um, you might know of it, but Leslie, Arkansas, it's very, very small. I've heard of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, there's nothing there. And what year was this? This was, a, you know, I moved back there in 2009. So I was there between 2009 to um, 2014. Well, I guess I would say more like 2012, but I kind of fluctuated between Conway and Leslie a lot because my gotcha. family was in both places. Yeah. Um, Meth got introduced to me again. <laughs> and I hadn't touched that drug in five and a half years. Yeah. It was five and a half years that I hadn't touched it, but I was oh so numb and so broken. And, um, and I didn't care about anything. So I just kind of dabbled in it here and there. Um, it wasn't something that I was consistently doing for like the first year and a half. But then Austin and I, my husband, we um, split up again. <laughs> we couldn't be stable for each other. He had his issues. I had my issues. And we just didn't know how to love ourselves. Um, but we did end up getting back together. But this time it was worse because we were both so far into mess that we were not just doing the drug, but we became drug dealers. Um, yeah. So from 2012 to 2014, we were in so deep over our heads that we're lucky that we either didn't die or we didn't go to jail. Um, we got pulled over multiple times. I went to jail one time, but it was for driving on a suspended um, driver's license because I didn't pay, pay a ticket. So at this point now, I got these warrants out for my arrest over the dumbest little things because I, I wasn't being responsible. I just didn't care. I was reckless. I um, wrecked two vehicles during this time. Um, one of them I flew off a cliff and it almost killed me, but I was so high that I had no idea what was going on. Um, another time I ran into an old man and a child. Um, I passed out at the will at this point, like I wasn't high, um, but uh, I was on my way to go get drugs. And um, it was a really dark time in my life. And in 2014, I had sold drugs to a 15 year old kid. And that's when I realized that I didn't want to do it anymore. My sister was nine at the time. She's 15 now. And I knew that if I didn't make changes, that she was going to be that person that I sold to as a teenager. And I wasn't going there. Um, 
June 9th, 2014, my husband and I split up and we went our separate ways. But in that time that we went our separate ways, we both went to a Christian recovery program for 14 months. Um, that saved our lives. We learned how to love ourselves. Um, while I was there, um, uh, we couldn't have any connection. We weren't married because it was a Christian program. Um, so we couldn't write. We couldn't, we couldn't have cell phones. We couldn't text. We couldn't call. It was like just devoted time to ourselves to learn how to love ourselves through the eyes of God. And, uh, I hated him while I was there. I loved him while I was there, but I honestly didn't think that me and him would ever get back together because we just weren't good for each other. We were toxic to each other, you know, got out. And because of the growth that we had done, you know, God blessed us back together. So in, uh, that was the August of 2015 and, uh, in, in 2017, we got married. And so we had decided that we wanted to, um, start having a baby. Well, I struggle with that. I have a thing called endometriosis. I've had surgery to have it removed. Um, and it's come back. It's a horrible thing that women can go through. It can be very, um, painful. It can, um, cause mood swings and emotions that you wouldn't think but you know women can have some pretty crazy ones sometimes um yeah and uh you know it's really painful and it can actually affect women getting pregnant and so i've struggled with that and so we decided that we were looking for an extra income um and i found this company um a friend of mine actually she reached out to me in june of 2017 about you know buying these products from her and like you know i kind of told her i would think about it well she's a christian friend of mine from back home and uh I told her I would think about it the very next day she didn't miss the beat and she said, you know, you're super positive. You've made a huge change in your life and people need to hear your story. And at that time, you know, I'd given my testimony at church. I'd given my testimony in front of other people, like on the street and, you know, just different places or just one-on-one trying to help somebody who was in addiction change their lives. But at that point when she said that, I didn't realize where I would be going with that. You know, I didn't realize that I'd be sitting here today. <laughs> um, but... I, you know, I told her I would think about it, you know, and the very, like that night, I got some research about this company and I found that it was God-centered. Well, I'd been praying for this opportunity for four months. She was a Christian and I said, oh, this has got to be it. So I jumped in with two feet and, uh, you know, my husband was working off. I was working 14, 16 hours a day. Within seven months, I was able to retire from my full-time job. Um, I've been doing this for 19 months and um, together between my husband and I, we've we've earned a combined of over $40,000 and bonuses um we work straight from our cell phones like we you know we own our own time i'm now able to start um you know looking for doctors to start fertility treatments um i get to share my story with people all over the world i get to travel all the time um and next month i get to go to canada and i get to stand on stage you know i told myself on january 1st i said you know this year you're going to do things that are going to scare the living crap out of you but you're going to do them no matter how scary it is and I would have never thought that I would have been on a podcast, first of all. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, I'm, I've never been out of the country before. And so when I was asked whenever I earned this bonus um, two weeks ago from some leaders of mine, if I would fly to Canada next month and share my story and my testimony, it was like, wow, like this, this is happening. Like when I was in rehab, they were trying to get me to stay to be a staff member. And I knew in my heart that that's not where God wanted me to be. Um, I knew that he had something bigger and better for me. I just didn't know when, and I didn't know where. 
So now I know because my platform is on social media. My platform is um, on the street. My platform is with family. My platform is with my friends. It's with people I've never met before. And so now I get to go to Canada and I get to share this, you know, share my story, share my testimony um, with people in a whole nother country that I would have never met before. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am for a lot of different reasons, but my, you know, people, there's a girl that I work with. She, she's been in this industry for a very long time. Um, she kept, she, she kept saying over and over again, you never know when someone's journey has started to get them to where they are. So some people will move faster than others. And it didn't click on me until I, I took myself back to when I lived I was five years old and that's when my journey started. And that's just a piece of who I am. It doesn't define who I am. It doesn't define who anybody is. You know, there's unfortunate circumstances, unfortunate events that happen in our lives, you know, but that doesn't have to define who we are. And so that clicked on me. And that's when everything changed for me in my personal life, for my business. Um, you know, I have my best friend, she's in Canada. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her too, you know? There's been plenty of times during the last 19 months that I wanted to quit <laughs> because, it, you know, owning your own business is hard. It really is, but it's so rewarding. And now I get to, I, now I'm at the part of my business where I get to share the, the, the things where it took me a year to go um, to the fourth rank of our company that where we literally get to write our paychecks, you know? Um, it took me the falls and the breakdowns and the self-development and the books to read and the support systems that I had, but it took me making a decision that I could do it. And if it wasn't for my husband taking care of everything at home and carrying a full-time job, we may not be where we are. And so I'm just super blessed, you know? <laughs> oh my goodness. Trisha Boyd, I knew you had a story, but I didn't know you had a story. <laughs> I said, give, give me your life story and go, and you went. <laughs> I'm so excited to know more about you, and I'm so yeah. glad that things have turned around so much that people just want to know. They want to hear all about what happened to you in your whole life. This is incredible. What an incredible story. Are you thinking about writing a book, perhaps? Oh, now that you're putting it out there, it might be something in the future. But right now, you know, I, people have asked me that before, and I'm I'm not at that place yet. But I'm sure at some point, you know, once I once I get my my mind and that mindset to do it, then I'm sure that that could be something that I do. But at this point in my time, I'm just I'm enjoying life because I can, and I haven't been able to do that before. My husband and I get to enjoy each other, and you know, our families didn't agree with us getting back together. Our families didn't agree with us um, getting married. Um, but now that they see what we've overcome and where we are now, you know, they're a lot more supportive. And so we, we don't have that stress of worrying if we're upsetting anybody anymore. You know, we, we get to be excited about who we are and where we're going in life. And so that's, we're just happy with that at the moment, you know? <laughs> no, it's definitely all about you. It, you have to take care of yourself before you can yeah. think about uh, worrying about other people. Absolutely. And that was one thing that my husband used to say to me all the time, but I never got when I was in my addiction all the time because he would try to quit, but I would, I would be the one that pressured to keep going with our addiction. And he would say to me, you know, until you learn to really love yourself, you're not going to be able to love me or anybody else. And I knew I loved him, but I didn't it, at that point, cause my mind was in such a fog that all I cared about was how I was going to get that next fix a month from now. Um, I, it, it was hard for me to see that anybody knew what true love was. You know, I didn't really think it existed. 
existed. I did, I didn't, I knew that there was God, but I didn't know of like what he did or what he was for. And I didn't know what the true agape of that was until I went through that recovery program and started focusing on myself for once. People say you're so selfish. Well, there's a time where you can actually be selfish while you're being selfless. And so I got to do that for 14 months. I got to be selfish because I was being selfless to my family. You know, I, I, I was 14 months away from seeing them. I mean, they would come and visit, but I was in Knoxville and uh, 10 hours away from my friends, my family, you know, but that's where I needed to be. And it's kind of funny because my mom, when I was a kid, uh, my grandpa used, you know, that's, they're from Tennessee. My mom's side of the family is. And my grandpa would take my brother to <laughs> Tennessee with him all the time. And it would really upset me because I'm like, you know, I never get to go. And I complained about that for years. And then guess what? God placed me for 14 months. He's like, I'm going to show you. Right to Knoxville. Yeah. Right to Knoxville. So, And you say that helped you out immensely. That You're oh completely off. Yes. Yes. Um, the program that I was at, um, had, they have an 80%, 85% success rate. There's, um, I'm not sure if I'm actually allowed to say the name or not. But, no, um, don't do it if you don't think you can. <laughs> Um, there's uh, over 10,000 or over a thousand of them worldwide. It's a very amazing program. And if you if you go to my Facebook page, um, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash dream um, bigger underscore zero four zero nine. You can actually scroll through there and you'll be able to see the program that I was at. And if you want information, I can help um, get you there. So if you know somebody that you're, that's for the people that are listening that could use that, just let me know. And actually, speaking of which, <laughs> I have I told my. I, you know, I told God on the first day of the month so I was in Florida, I had a lot of volume that I needed to get and I was going for a $25,000 bonus with my company. And I said, I don't know how it's going to happen. There's only 28 days in this month. There's not 30 or 31, but I have full trust and faith in you that you are going to provide the way that you're going to bring the people that I need into my business. You're going to bring the customers that I need. And when you do that, I vow that for the next 12 months, I'm going to pay someone's induction fee a month for $1,000 to um, help them get into rehab. And so um, I'm excited because I, I earned that bonus. And so wow. now I get to help 12 people get help. So <laughs> it sounds like you're being uh, not only making money on in your business, but you're being altruistic and, and giving back to the community yeah. as well. That's, that's a big thing for me. You know, even when I was in my addiction, it didn't matter how broke I was. If I had a dollar, if I had a hundred dollars, if somebody needed it, I gave it to them. And that's the thing, like, um, a lot of people don't understand because you don't know where someone's come from or where they've been. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much you don't, but usually, you know, like there's some people that are greedy and they don't want to give back and they don't want to share, but then there's others who that's all they care about. And so, you know, it wasn't really until I joined this company that I'm with, um, that I really started feeling the depth of how great it is to give back. We have this thing called Wealth Wednesday that we do with this um, safe community that I'm in, that um, I grow in, like for my business and stuff. And so every week, like we pay it forward, we buy somebody a cup of coffee, we pay for their lunch, you know, we give somebody who's broke down on the side of the road $20 for gas, that sort of thing. And it's just been such an awesome opportunity to um, be a part of something so huge. And it's really taught me that I'm blessed. And so now it's time to bless somebody else. And so that's, you know, my goal for the next year is to donate $12,000 to help 12 people to, you know, get out of their, their bad area. And, um, you know, if they're, if they're an addiction, you know, the thing about it is a lot of people think that this ministry program that I was in was strictly just for drug 
addicts, but it's not. It was it was for people that were just not feeling like they were accepted. It was for people with depression. It was for people that um, were broken, were lost, were an addiction, um, had a food addiction, who were overweight, who um, needed to get nutrition in their body, who needed to feel like they were someone that God intended them to be. And so um, it doesn't matter like what your level is, as long as you have that desire to change it. And so I'm just super excited that I get to be a part of such an awesome gives back movement, you know? Well, now that I'm hearing more about how much this program helped you, I kind of want you to say it on the podcast. <laughs> you might, you might help thousands of others. Well, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I can um, say that. So that's why I said that's going to my page. And, and you have it wide open on your page as well. So yeah. th- that's public. I, yeah. I couldn't see a reason why not. <laughs> you can actually go back to, um, March 1st on my timeline where I share my story about how I overcame and like how I'm blessed about earning that $25,000 bonus because I earned it the day before and I believe it's in a post there it it talks about the the program so um, I I couldn't be more grateful and if it wasn't for my executive director there Miss Ginger um, I I probably wouldn't have got my butt straightened up she'd have to put me in my place a time or two I was on discipline (laughs) Um, I got in trouble quite a bit because I was that girl (laughs) But it was such a humbling experience because the first seven months that I was there, um, I had to ask to throw trash away. I had to ask to use the bathroom. I had to ask to get out of my seat to speak. Like it, it literally taught you not only that you didn't want to come back, first of all, oh, for but sure. it also taught you to have gratitude and to be thankful. And that was the biggest thing for me is I, I wasn't thankful for the things that I had and grateful for them. And I, I was upset about the things I didn't have. And once I stopped caring about the things I didn't have, that's when I got them. <laughs> it sounds like you worked real hard to get where you're at. My goodness. I, you know, I didn't expect this. I knew I knew you had a story. And, you know, I didn't even know that this was a story. Nobody, you were saying that uh, you don't know where somebody came from or where they've been. And I definitely did not know where you came from and where, and where you've been. And now you've come so far. It seems you're yeah. doing very well. Uh, entrepreneur if you will yeah um the crazy part is when i got out of rehab i thought i wasn't going to speak about me being molested um i had forgiven that person not for them but you know for myself because i had all these demons inside of me i got home and come to find out my um, own brother happened to him same person and so i had to speak about it and um it freed me that much more so if you're going through something and uh, you know just remember that the book of isaiah um 66.9, it says, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. And so, you know, like Job, for over 20 years, I was living in darkness. I was broken. I was lost. But there is more than a light at the end of the tunnel. There's bright, beautiful, colorful world on the other side. You just have to endure the pain because your blessing is bigger than your pain. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, okay, let's back up quite a bit. My goodness, you just gave me so much to unpack here. <laughs> Starting back at the beginning, uh, where, okay, you came from what part of Arkansas? You were born Leslie. where? Leslie. Born in, yeah, I was born in Harrison, but I'm from a little community called Leslie. There's like 400 people there. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Harrison and, and, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So, hillbilly, would that be a, a term? <laughs> 
Yeah, and maybe now, like, it's probably deeper than that. Because <laughs> there's no school there. Any, like, I, me and my husband are, like, one of the last few to actually graduate from Leslie Public Schools until they consolidated back in uh, 2006. And so, um, it's, you know, it's like a Thirsty County Public School type thing there now. So, um, you know, there's kids that are in the building, but there's only, like, two grades there. So, like, it, when I tell you it's small, it's small. Like, they have to travel to, to Marshall to finish their classes. <laughs> Oh my! So yeah. okay, uh, what what degree did you end up getting, or did you go to college? I went um, for a, a year at uh, OTC in Springfield, Missouri, and then when I got married, I was taking a semester off so we could do a honeymoon, which we never went on, and I never went back. So, Understood. You know, uh, I have I have no degree. I'm nobody special. No, no, you <laughs> definitely are special. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, just ask Austin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I seem to think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've been so, through so much together. My goodness, uh, just the two of you. But what a journey! <laughs> uh, a lot of people will say, you know, most couples can't even build a house together, but you all made it through addiction. So I would say that was a pretty good, good, strong standpoint for you two. But most can't even build a house. <laughs> no, I mean smoking and drinking at twelve, stealing, uh, having just smoking weed at fourteen, dating a guy that's five years older than you uh, at 15 uh, you know with the, uh, ecstasy oh my goodness uh, you know the the part w- where you moved back to Arkansas from Missouri with your dad and and you were living with a boy did that did that at least give you some kind of uh, that you did you come off the drugs at that point we, we went down there to get away from them and then I found out a cousin of mine was doing it and I caught him and so for a couple of months I kind of dabbled in it a little bit but then I did quit that's whenever I quit um, and uh, went back to school I played basketball again you know I was getting my mind right like my dad kept begging me he was like you need to go back to school like you there, you need to be a kid just be a kid I, I remember calling my dad before I moved down and I was um, barely 16 or actually I think it was I hadn't even turned 16 yet I was a about to no yeah that's right I was about to turn 17 so I remember telling him um that I didn't want to be here anymore could you imagine being a parent and your daughter calling you saying she wanted to kill herself no no horrible no thank you yeah and I did that to him and so that's when I moved down there to try to get my life straight I put my parents through hell (laughs) so your relationship with your dad was pretty good like we were it wasn't that like I didn't have him completely in my life during that time but you know divorce is like a really messy thing Um, I agree my parents did not get along my brother chose to live with my dad I chose to live with my mom it was just like a really messy situation so for two years um, I didn't really have a relationship with my father like I wanted um, well, actually, it was probably longer than that. Uh, from about the time I was 12 till I was 16, so probably four years, but a good solid two years, we didn't speak at all. I'd gotten really upset with him over something really dumb at that time. <laughs> um, and so I didn't speak to him for two years. And uh, I called him up one day, and that was some of the words that I said to him, and I finally decided to move down there. But he, I told him the only way that I would is if I could bring my ex, well, at the time he was my ex-boyfriend, but he is my ex-husband. Um, and we got down there and dabbled a little bit, but I got my life straight. I went back to school. I was playing sports. Then whenever me and my ex let up, that's when I started dating my husband who I'm with now. Um, he was my boyfriend in high school. He's my little sweet, my little high school sweetheart. (laughs) See, now that's a story. 
<laughs> um, I got home, like I got nominated for Homecoming Queen, and so he walked me. And here's what's kind of crazy about this: like before he and I got together, he um, walked a girl uh, his eighth grade year. She got Homecoming Queen. Walked his sister his ninth grade year. She got Homecoming Queen. And then the following year, he walked me, and I got Homecoming Queen. <laughs> the man's a lucky charm. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so uh, things were great, but then we broke up and I was broken and I broke up with him. It was really stupid. And that's when I got back into meth again for a few months. I did like the end of my senior year. I dropped tremendous amount of weight. I looked miserable, but I, I didn't care. I hit it, but then I, you know, people said something. Of course, I got defensive, that sort of thing. Um, I told him I was taking many thins is what it was. Well, I definitely was not taking many thins. Um, and then it was after that that I, that I stopped doing drugs for five and a half years. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the hard start, you got into the, the alcohol, the weed, the ecstasy. Anything else? Um, pain pills. Oh. So how did how did you how did you acquire all this? Because uh, all right, your dad said when you were sixteen and you moved down, you got to be a kid. You, you didn't. You 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 still at sixteen to eighteen. At least you finished uh, high school, but yeah. were you still dabbling a little bit? My most of my junior year. Well, actually, when I started, like my whole junior year and about ninety percent of my senior year, I was not. But it was more towards the end of my senior year. I mean, I hung out with kids like I drank here and there like any other high school student did you know if they sure. went to a party and that kind of thing like nothing out of the ordinary for a teenage 18 year old you know but um, it wasn't until after like right before I was grad oh well yeah I guess I did do a couple other things uh, shrooms and acid now I've I, I've heard a lot of podcasts about the mushrooms and stuff are, are you what was your experience on on that? Because people say that that that's not such a bad thing on on mushrooms. Uh, I was scared to death on mushrooms. Acid, I loved it. <laughs> I done it that one time. Um, I yeah, I had really bad trips when I was on shrooms, but acid, it was. I, I had a really good time when I done that. I don't know if it was the people that I because it's two different situations. And the people that I was around when I did acid, like I had a good time with the people that I did shrooms with made me uncomfortable. And I think that's what the deal was. Okay. So you needed to have somebody that guided you a little bit better, but, uh, so now you're completely clean, nothing at all. Uh, I mean, I'll have like a celebratory drink and, you know, that kind of thing, but I don't, I'm not, I, I know my limits and I know where, where I'm at now. And so, um, I don't, uh, dabble in drugs or anything No. So you don't feel like you're an addict to where you have to go to some AA program and, and completely get off of things. Nope. Because, uh, while I was in rehab, you know, the Bible says, uh, second Corinthians five seventeen. if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed and the new has come. So you're cleansed. And so if you can set your mind to that cleansing and follow that, then you're not an addict anymore. It's gone. And so I, you know, that's what I believe and that's who I am. And that's, you know, I don't believe that addiction is a disease. That's me personally. A lot of people might disagree with that, but I feel like, you know, it, it might be a mental disorder, if you will, but no, but nobody, um, makes like cancer just happens to someone sometimes you know but a, a person chooses to drink the person chooses to do drugs like nobody made that person now can the drugs and the alcohol cause diseases yes but we choose 
that road. So, you know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have come and or old things have gone and the new has come. And so that's, you know, that's where I stand firm. And so, no, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way. Sounds like you're handling your, your, your life is what's happening. And you have a good book of instructions that you're living by. That's a, a very, very good thing. I'm so glad. Oh, my goodness. Trisha I've done Boyd. a lot of self-development, too, aside from the Bible, because, you know, the Bible is always the number one book. But, uh, you know, there's other ways that we can grow our mind, too. And so, I, you know, I've read books like Boundaries uh, by Henry McLeod. It was a really amazing book. Um, it taught me how to say no and that it's okay, too. <laughs> um, but it's also set me, you know, given me boundaries to set with my parents. It's given me boundaries to set with other family members and friends and coworkers and, my, you know, when we have kids and, you know, to not be controlling, but to just let people know, like, this is my life and you can support me for the good things that I'm doing now and not hold my past against me. But if you can't, then that's on you. It's not on me. Um, uh, another book that I read, which is Lead Like Jesus, and it's something that's really been empowering for me in the business that I'm in because I have a team full of amazing people. And so, uh, you know, the first year of my business is pretty hard. I was pretty demanding and controlling. And <laughs> I've had to learn to let go of that. I have a very type A person. And, you know, if you know the color personality chart, red, blue, green, and yellow, red is very direct and very forward, and they want what they want right now, and they're money driven. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty hardcore on that. But, you know, that book has taught me a lot there. Um, the Slightest Edge, I can't remember the name of the author. That was a really good book that I read. Um, you said, uh, what was the name of that book? Something like Jesus? Lead Like Jesus. Lead Like Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then The Slightest Edge, that's a good book. Um, I also, uh, Girl Wash Your Face by Rachel Hawley. She just teaches you how to be confident. Um, I, you know, I've just, I've read a lot of books and uh, I've had to because there's no way, you know, I don't care if you're 18 or 90 like we can all learn something new all the time all the time oh phil hodges was lead like jesus then yes 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 very good <laughs> um the biggest book that completely changed my life over anything though um was by joyce meyer living beyond your feelings i swear my heart on my sleeve you could say anything i mean you, you could probably give me a compliment and i got offended I was emotional. I was broken. And that book completely changed my life. It changed my perspective on who I am. It gave me the confidence to be a woman and to not feel bad for that. It gave me the confidence to um, not cry every time somebody said something. It, it just, it, she's an incredible person. She's somebody that I, I don't beg time anyway. And that book just, that one in Battlefield of the Mind was a really great book. Two great books for me. My goodness, it looks like you're, you're getting a lot of information, gleaning a lot of info from different sources, and you've thrown a lot of good books that I need to take a look at. Yeah. <laughs> They're incredible, uh, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I think we've gone through your life story. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the name of your company? You keep uh, uh, alluding to it, and it seems like it's a good company. Is it something that everybody can get in on? Um, they can. The thing is, I was reading up on my disclosure statements, and I can't actually say the company's name, but I can tell you that if you come to my Facebook page, I can give you all the information that you need if you would like to make some extra income from home or if you want to get fit and healthy, because that's what I do. I help people live healthier lives and have a better quality of health and to reach financial freedom. Very good. And that's Facebook.com, DreamBigger0409. Any other yep. ways to get a hold of you? 
Um, yeah, you can even contact me at my personal cell phone number. It's 501-269-9305. I'm not afraid to share that. I've been a telemarketer before, so that stuff don't bother me. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also look me up on Instagram at Trisha L. Boyd. That's D-R-I-C-I-A-L-B-O-Y-D. Very good. Uh, any, <laughs> as we're wrapping this out, uh, any words of advice you want to give to millions of people that possibly can listen to this? Um, I think like this is, I, somebody asked me this yesterday and I kind of shared this earlier, but honestly, just, just know that during through your pain, it, it, there is something bigger for you. Like it, it may hurt in the moment. It may be disgusting. It may feel dirty. You, you may feel shame and you may feel guilt. But when you finally come to that freedom, like it says in Isaiah 66, nine, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. Something amazing is going to come out of your pain and out of your, out of your dirtiness and out of your shame and out of your guilt because at that place when I was there I didn't think I could ever change anybody's life and now I'm touching people one by one so don't be afraid to share your testimony because during your pain the blessing will come revelations uh 12 11 says uh by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony we are healed so don't be afraid to speak out Trisha Boyd thank you so much for that I've learned a lot more about you, <laughs> and so have my <laughs> listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you and, so much for having me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, the pleasure is all on this side of the microphone, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, All right. Well, uh, you have a great day, and we will chit-chat a little bit later. Trisha Boyd. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What makes you famous? You know, she, Trisha, when we first talked, she said, uh, yeah, I'd love to come on your podcast. And I had no idea of what she went through in her whole life. And that's the whole reason that I started this podcast. What makes you famous is to learn more about people. Everyone has a story. Trisha Boyd definitely had a story. Thank you so much for listening to what makes you famous. Keys Dan from Radio What.com and DJ Little Rock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What? The music you want. Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Two billion videos are watched per day on YouTube. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Adam Hernandez, you need to call your mother and you're listening to what? RadioWhat.com. <laughs>